Okay. Okay. So yeah, we've started to put down some markers. Um, um, say determining the field. So um, this is the moral field, the renunciant field. So you're curtailing certain activities, restraining certain activities. Yeah. And, also collecting into a community field so there's both a sense of restraint which you're drawing in also a sense of enrichment you're opening up you're opening up to the presence of other people to the presence of the teaching and to the presence of your own uh, vitality your own aspirations your own dhamma practice so it's it's you know it's really holding it yeah and if we hold that carefully, and this is really what mindfulness is based upon, just holding this sense of holding a boundary and stay within that, then you're going to deepen. Deepening means you're coming out of just superficial circumstances into karma, into old patterns, old energies, uh, personal issues, um, and also through that into something transpersonal, transcendent, qualities of joy, compassion, openness, spaciousness, silence, and, and so on. This is the journey. Right? So we stay within that boundary and we gradually discern through this rather, you know, this personal world of sensations and thoughts and ideas and daily concerns. We, we begin to manage that uh, in order to ask it to part, to, to open up. And this is where love and breath are your main allies in that process. They really are yeah, partners. Um, we might say, starts out when we look at these things, breathing in a way is the bodily part aspect of it. What begins as a bodily experience. And love is the heart aspect of it. And these, these are two, seemingly two, coming from different angles. And what they're doing is they're moderating. First of all, they, they, we try to connect to those as realities, not just as ideas, but as real living experiences. Uh, and they, they cut when we try to cover our body with you know, our bodily experience with a quality of breathing and heart experience with a quality of love and all of it, you know, um, together. And this is where, you, you you know, we need to always begin to rework what these terms mean. What is breathing anyway? What is, what is love? What is life? Love is the breath of life. What is life? You know, is it making a living? Not really. Is it just kind of plodding away, getting by through a series of circumstances until you die? Doesn't seem particularly <laughs> inspiring. <laughs> yeah. uh, what is life? It's a good question. But let's start. What is love? What's it not? Well, what's it sometimes confused with? Passion? With a degree of uh, heightened stimulation? Passion? Uh, uh, this is kind of emotional uh, heating and whereby um, with passion we, we kind of 
overflow boundaries. That's what's so nice about it. We overflow the boundaries of restraint and we overflow into something where we feel momentarily kind of relieved of the burdens of, uh, of restraint and uh, circumstances. You know, we light up. It's got a luminous quality to it. Well, that's actually not quite. It's, an, it's, a, it's a miss. It's, it's, a, it's often you know, seen as that's what love is, but actually it's not. It's something else. Because love does hold the boundaries, it doesn't um, it doesn't dismiss them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a sense of respect. Mm-hmm. Sense of respect. We see within people, with for example, between people, you know, there's a sense of respect, and that quality of respect permeates suffuses, I respect you. Held in respect, there's a sense of hearts permeate. And still, there's a sense of, yeah, the boundaries are there, so we're not capturing somebody or flooding somebody or grabbing somebody, but, you know, recognize that the, the person, as a person has boundaries, and our respect takes to something beyond that. I mean, that means that the person can be who she is, how she is, how he is, and you still don't lose that sense of respect and sympathy. But it's slightly different. Love can also be seen as attachment, where you kind of fixate upon your dog or your partner or your car even. <laughs> you know, a sense you stick to it. But this also is a, is a mistake because it uh, doesn't allow the object of one's love, one's, one's attachment to change, to pass, to leave. We feel deeply distraught at separation. Uh, it isn't really that isn't going to work either. So love without attachment is of a different nature. It's the um, it's acceptance, uh, respect, acceptance, uh, and the ability to um, be present in a warm and sympathetic way through all the differences that occur between people. Yeah. And if we crystallize that in our practice we often find that we have certain restrictions about how we can be with our, with ourselves aspects of ourselves we feel disappointed by or fed up with or wish we didn't have and we try to get rid of things or we try to fix ourselves and be something else or we try to feel we should stimulate some something in us and be more you know more and whatever you know more cheerful more bright more creative more engage more with it you know <laughs> and you try to you know charge it up so it's a little more interesting <laughs> and if you're kind of disappointed with this being uh, with her limitations or his limitations and, uh, and love is just as you are as you are is to be sensed non 
no no resistance, no pressure, no obligation. Uh, just a sense of deep sympathy and warmth, mm. warming mm. as you are, self-acceptance. Mm. So love supervises the practice because you know love is a true relationship. It means it really is relationship, not possession or or domination or manipulation. So, and one of the ways you really recognise this domination and manipulation is when you're coming to terms with your own embodiment and your own karma, your own mental habits. And there's a lot of disappointment and don't want that and be this way and a lot of criticism, inner criticism and complaining and rather a sense of ability to accept the difficult, the painful, the confusing without going into aversion or or blaming or hatred or despair. You know, that's that takes that takes a quality we call love. And it supervises practice because as we practice we come through this territory of circumstances of of our personal patterning what I mean is the um, the anxieties or the agitations or the irritability or the you know the loneliness or the sense of inadequacy these kind of things or our grudges and regrets this the residues uh, and this is a place where you can get locked and just continually obsess and keep kind of like a stuck in it, reiterating it, banging up against it, and pushing through it, you know, trying to push through it, and uh, and sometimes this is this is a kind of unconscious reason maybe why people meditate. You know, I can just kind of get through all this stuff and get to a clear light, you know, and then you get the domination strategy, uh, which is just shut all this thing up, shut up, push through. Get out of all this rubbish into somewhere else, <laughs> and that can be uh, a kind of perhaps an unconscious intention in meditation. That's you know that's very far from from love, and what it, when the results are what? Yeah, we get intense, we get pushy, we get domineering. And you can see this this psychology happens, it's happening internally, and it's happening in the world around us. So you witness that in yourself, you think, well, maybe I need to do this in order to, to get clear of my defilements. Well, just check out what that domineering habit does to the planet around you when we've got rid of those unpleasant creatures that we didn't really like very much or were in the way or inconvenient, smelly creatures, ugly creatures, uh, messy creatures, and shoot them, kill them, drown them, poison them, chop them down, burn them, you know, we're done to that, and then done it to, first of all, to, you know, to, to other animals, then we start turning on other people, you know, ignorant, stupid, uncivilized barbarians in the way, noisy, messy, violent, get rid of them too, 
yeah and then it comes down to a family you know stupid so-and-so so-and-so i've been living with a cantankerous old so-and-so you know domestic violence and child abuse and it's always somebody else's fault isn't it they're in the way or they're difficult or they're they don't fit into my way of seeing things therefore i either try and control them or i get rid of them uh, that's that's the strategy and we find that that plays out you know, in terms of your own your own mind and because the results of that seems counterintuitive to just be non-conflicting peaceful with experiences non non-reactive non-averse seems ridiculous surely they'll just take over if we don't resist those evil forces in us surely they'll just take over yeah. but this is where breathing <laughs> comes into play Mm. Breathing is the is the central support of one's vitality. The central support of one's bodily energy. Yeah, the gift that keeps us alive, that keeps us intact. Yeah. Uh, that which um, is there for us, whether you're feeling good or feeling bad, you're always breathing. Every it's continually refreshing, it's continually given. You can't demand a breath, you can't buy one, you can't get rid of them. It's a continual ongoing gift. You are the breathing. If there's anything you are, it's the breathing. The rest of it is just maybe. Yeah. Whether you're short or tall, that's maybe. Whether you're male or female, that's maybe. Old or young, that depends. Yeah. Um, what you make of your appearance or not, that's a matter of opinion. One of the things is certain is you are the breathing, and you've been it all this time. It's been a gift. And it's a central uh, reference point, and it's an axis of energy that as you contemplate and meditate upon it, it gives a tremendous firmness to the mind, and in a stability which does not get swept away, does not get overwhelmed, does not get flooded. It stands steady and it gives you the, the foundation from which you can really open to circumstances without fear, regret or fighting or grabbing because you've got something that supports. This is what breathing is. Now, very often we, um, you know, we tend to look at these things kind of ex what I call externally, which means you think of, you know, so breathing is something that happens respiratory tract, the nose and the lungs, maybe the diaphragm pumps air in and out of your body which is a reasonable description from what we call an external position. That is, if you, if you remove yourself from the experience and think about it, you'd say that's what's happening. If you remove yourself from the experience and read about it, 
that's a true enough statement. When you're removed from the experience, it's looking at the experience as if you're outside it and describing it. That it's in terms of sensations. And this is the external aspect of the body, which you can see with your eyes. Yeah. Now the internal aspect of the body, or another aspect of the body you don't see with your eyes, it's the one you're feeling. Right? Is that true? When you sit here, can you see your ears? Back of your head? Behind your knees? No. Nope. You sure they're there? No. Nope. <laughs> Have they gone somewhere? No, not really. It's just that you're not you're not in that same position. You know, you're not looking at it from the outside. You're not describing it as an idea in your mind. You're coming to another way of experiencing body. Say the felt experience, which is more like we say is internal, subjective, it's sensitive. It seems to be connected to this anatomical form that we see with our eyes, but it's the it's the heart of it, it's the sensitive essence of it. And so this is the quality that's experienced directly by heart, by awareness. The visual body is something that's seen by the eyes and thought of in the brain. It's an external experience, something we talk about. My hair is going grey, something. You don't feel grey hair. You don't, you know, and when you come into feeling, you have both like sensations that generate feeling, you know, such as something's touching your body, but also the internal or the felt body is much deeper. You've got the qualities that are generated by just sense contact, pressure, touching, you know, qualities that are experiences that are generated by internal energies, tension, looseness, openness, contriction, warmth. They're not sensations, right? Uh, you know, uh, relaxation is not a sensation. It's a, it's a felt experience. Uh, feeling constricted is not a sensation. Uh, feeling overactivated is not a sensation. It's an energy. So we also have an energy body. Got a sensation body and an energy body. Body really refers to anything that you feel yourself intimately within. Intimately within. Right? And most of the time we don't feel ourselves to be intimately within this visual description of the body. You don't feel that. What you feel is pressure, heat. Firmness, openness, tension, relaxation, flowing. So this is this is you know the directly experienced felt body, and um, it's also very uh, appropriate for realization because, as the Buddha says, within this very body is the beginning of the world, the arising of the world, the ending of the world, and this is where the way of suffering is 
realized within this sensate body with its consciousness, perceptions and feelings. He's not talking about a bunch of meat and bones. He's talking about this sensate feeling energy body. And as you contemplate it more thoroughly, you realize, oh, this is also very much associated with certain emotions. When I feel, when there's tension in the body, I'm not happy. I may be excited, but I'm not happy. I'm not at ease. Yeah. When I, when this when the sensate body feels agitated, I don't feel comfortable. The mind doesn't feel comfortable. When it feels relaxed and happy, the mind does feel comfortable. So it's got it relates directly to the the emotional experience, the emotional body that we live within. And you live within that too, don't you? You can be living with a depression body, you can be living with a loneliness body, you can be living with kinds of emotional territories that we we move across, a grief body, so you've just lost somebody, and you can be living in a bereavement body for six months or so, just continually feeling this emptiness and shatteredness. And it's it's not just an idea in your head, it's a real experience. And so from the outside, something you look pretty much the same. What's the matter with you? Get on with it, you know. <laughs> it's not an accurate description of where you're at. So you go into the energy body where your energies are feeling very, very stretched and strained and stressed and flat and lacking vitality. And your emotions are feeling dire and lifeless and unwilling. You know, this is big time suffering. And that can be cured, that can be healed. Now, when we come to, it needs a certain capacity to be empathetic and patient and relate to it rather than snap out of it. Rather than blame yourself for being that way. I shouldn't be anxious, I shouldn't worry, I should be something that I'm not. My, I should be emotionally cooler, I should be emotionally happier. You know, no, no, that may come around, but let's establish a proper, non-afflictive, open relationship to that. How do you do that? How do you manage that? We have to have a mooring post to stand on, the firmness to be able to say, okay, I can open to this without getting completely swamped by it. We may take the breathing to be just this sensations of respiration, but that's not going to do you much good. But if you feel breathing as the life force, the vitality flowing through your embodiment as you breathe in and breathe out, that's that's what we're talking about. Pana. The Pali term pana. Anapana sati is the phrase for breathe, mindfulness of breathing in and out. Pana. Does that remind you of anything? We just took the first precept, Pānātipāta, living beings. We didn't talk about noses and lungs, we talked about those creatures that have the life essence flowing through them. They have the life force flowing through them as associated with this process of respiration. Fish don't have noses, ants don't have noses, but they're Pāna. They still do this 
respiratory process that links them to the world around. We breathe out into the world around. We breathe, we take air in, and we breathe air out. You know, we're all breathing the same air. You'll see, see breathing the same air as a thrush or a tiger or a pig. <laughs> you know, that's the life force. It doesn't come in little cubes. You can't say, this is the human bit. I'm not sharing my breath with anybody else. This is mine. It doesn't make sense. You are breathed. You're part of the breathing universe. And of course, you know, no, we open to that. So it's not really a person anymore. It's not a person breathing. It's breathing is there. You know, and the mind interprets that as mine. Which is just breathing, doing it's what it does. As it's doing it for a pig or a porcupine or a whatever. That's the, that's the life force. Breathing in, breathing out. Connecting to the world around. It means we, no, we cannot... We just cannot be separate because you have to breathe in and breathe out. So this sense of non-separation, you know, this is where all these things line up, not abusing other creatures because in some way we're not separate from them. We breathe in the same air. They have prana. Not abusing other people because they breathe the same air. We have the same life force. It's like why you know you don't you don't cut off parts of your own life force the life force that flows through you don't damage it it's flowing out to others and so on and so rather than just get a fixation on a particular point in your body where the air is going in and out which takes you into a very narrow tight place uh, where your mind kind of gets a bit intense trying to focus on it instead you just acknowledge the gift. It happens. Bad people do it. Stupid people breathe in and out. <laughs> there it is. So just what's it feel like? Bright breathing in, brightening energy, breathing out, cooling, releasing. Tidal flow. Tidal flow. Where do you feel it? So let's just go soft focus on the anatomical body, which I said is not particularly useful for meditation so I, I breathe it in the feeling I breathe it in that tight place it's breathing through that loose place it's breathing through the warmth it's moving through the the firmness it's changing the firmness into softness you know it's it's percolating and permeating this felt sensate body you know, the anatomical body you can say well I'm not no it's just happening in my lungs and nose but we're not looking at the atomical body we're feeling the feeling body it's everything breathing in everything that can be felt it's got some kind of sense of discernment of a shift of energy the energy tide flows through all that mm. Yeah. As it does so, it brings that vitality and the relief and the cleansing effect 
through that entire felt body. And as you can probably begin to reflect, well, isn't that what love is? Doesn't ask for anything, just gives, flows through the entire felt experience. Sometimes the body feels really uncomfortable. Not just the externally, but internal knots of tension or restriction or imbalance, breathing through it, not pushing it away, not avoiding, just breathing into it, just like you're gently breathing out into fog or into rain or into congestion, letting the breath and focusing on that transmission that transmission of fluid energy. Don't focus too much on the restrictions, focus on the flow. Now as we, you know, of course, as we all recognise, just to be able to stay with some restricted stuff without getting, you know, Irritable and fed up and despondent. That is that takes that takes respect. That's one quality of love to not get upset, to avoid aversion, hmm? to maintain that ethical basis. I will not get abusive. I will not get violent. I will not distract myself. I will not seek an escape route from this entertainment. I'm not trying to avoid these difficult things by going over to something else, which is the whole non-entertainment. doesn't mean not playing chess or playing the banjo. It also refers to our exit strategies, our escape routes, where we just sip off into something that will take away. Yeah. No, we don't. Stay with it. Mm, breathing through that. Mm. Now, right, and what you find that that quality of non-aversion and respect and sympathy and the breathing, energy of breathing, begin to combine into something we can we can call it as of a like a a love or a breath because they become pretty much the same thing is like a subtle elixir a subtle juice a subtle energy flow that begins to heal these uh, conflicted energies now you know we we'll talk about that more over the course of time But just to look begin to you know mention to you as you're probably aware all that rather jittery or uneasy or sinking stuff that you call in your personality, you know, your personal its itchiness or its frustration or its sinking places that you really would like to not have, that is resting upon something deeper. 
and the foundations that are uh, are energies that are not operating thoroughly and completely in an open way. It's as if you've got twisted energy channels or blocked energy channels. When you get frightened, everything seizes up. Yeah. When you experience violence, things seize up. When you don't get enough warmth, things die down. Yeah. Energies, the energy channels don't properly open and, 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 and feed you. And this is both through the imposition of abuse of some kind or another, which is obviously not love, the opposite of it. The other form of, of problem is the withdrawal, withdrawing empathy, withdrawing empathy. It's the non-loving, the withdrawal of empathy. So the system starves. You don't care. I don't, you don't mean anything to me at all. What you do, I don't give it anything. You know, you're just a number. You're just an object. So what? Get on with it. It's your life. That withdrawal of empathy, which is unfortunately quite common, that withdrawal of empathy. Uh, if we don't have the inner resources to meet it, causes a kind of contraction, saddening, and defensiveness in the heart. And particularly if this withdrawal occurs at a very young age, you kind of never feel really full in the world, in yourself. Um, but that that can be changed. You can breathe yourself to back to fullness, or breathing can bring you back to fullness. So this is by no means a kind of a moment of time scrutiny of the sensations occurring at the tip of your nose. Um, that particular exercise must have some benefits um, for sharpening your attention. But um, for what we're doing, I would suggest you drop that model and go to whole body and, you know, soft focus on the anatomy just get the anatomy enough so you know you know you can get the posture right get the posture so you know that 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 is relevant and then the feeling sense so even you wouldn't try to attain a classical posture like a greek statue of some kind or a buddha image just so you feel upright and you feel open and you feel there's no constriction in your belly and your shoulders do feel dropped and you do feel like that. That's probably as good as it's going to get. And the breathing becomes the main support. So you develop the external posture so the breathing can be full. And then gradually over time, that fullness of breathing becomes the internal support for your body. And your posture may not look so good, but actually you're being held quite comfortably with this full flow of inhalation, exhalation. Mm. So it acts like an internal energy support. Uh, and as you get familiar with it, then it begins to suffuse your felt experience. Now this way of, of mindfulness of this helps us to Perhaps even revisit what we mean by being mindful of breathing in and breathing out. And uh, mindfulness can be, well, it can be a number of things, really. 
Yeah, it's the ability to to be present with experience, to be dispassionately present with experience. But so often, in my opinion, this can be used, uh, you know, just to be mindful of sensation, which is better than being completely out of your head, you know, ungrounded at all, just being mindful of sensations in your hands, in your feet as you walk along, that's good, that's good. But um, it doesn't, you know, it can, it, it can, it can go a lot deeper than that. <laughs> being mindful of the felt body, being mindful of the felt breathing, the vitality of breathing, yeah. Uh, bear, being present with that uh, and there's a different kind of focus because the focus on a sensation is always going to be coming down to a point so it's a quite narrow point refined point you pick up and your mind by being mindful your mind gets this sort of claw quality to it or probe quality, you know, to pick up particularly discrete sensations. It doesn't by itself address the character of the mind. The mind is still basically holding things as discrete objects. It's still going to the external experience of things, the external appearance of things, sensations. And as you do that, you also get to the external experiences of the mind, which is thoughts. Thoughts are the sensations of the mind. They ping on the mind. They are the, they're the mind's sensations, the thoughts. And you can get it's a thought, 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 thought. Because you stay in that world of objects striking you, whether it's sensations or thoughts. And it's not easeful. There's no dissolution of those qualities you know now when we go more internally you're coming to the felt experiences of sensation how they're affecting you and how the emotions that go behind the thoughts the agitation or the restlessness or the joyfulness or whatever it is then you're feeling these washes movements tides and then your mindfulness isn't looking for points, it's just looking to hold things in a steady, calm, non-afflictive, sympathetic way. This is this. Because there's no point here. Like you can pick up a piece of metal or glass, you don't pick up a lump of water. You contain it all. Right? You don't pick up a discrete part of water. <laughs> You, you know, you contain it and you lift the thing together. Now, what we're looking at internally is much more like a water, isn't it? Flowing, fluid. How does it feel? It's often of changing qualities, sometimes firm, sometimes soft. They're fluid. It's a very fluid experience. So the mindfulness there. It's of a different character. It's not tight and seeking answers. It's just empathetic and holding, carefully holding 
removing aversion, passion, proliferation, spinning out, worrying, doubting, just not just hold hold this quality with a mind of goodwill. Breathing in, breathing out, breathing in, breathing out. So this is we we have a different way of perhaps addressing some of these foundational uh, experiences or foundational references. I'm sure everyone, many people will teach mindfulness, they teach breathing, love, life. These are not esoteric concepts. But when you begin to understand that at certain depth levels of experience, the landscape changes. Hmm? The qualities change, the territory changes. As the territory changes, the tools begin to change. Mindfulness of, of the inner qualities is a very different creature from mindfulness of sensation. How do you bear something in mind? Do you use a, a tweezers or do you, do you use a, a, a basin? Depends what it is. So why is this preferable? Because it's in the, these depth experiences you're experiencing, we might call karma, that is the results and residues of your life. Sensations. No, it's just circumstances. And if you get you kick a rock, it's not because you've been a bad person, it's just because you kick a rock. It's got nothing to do with anything in your past, apart from you've got, you know. But in the internal world, you're beginning to recognize the senses of the where one feels inspired, that current. Yeah. This is not a circumstance, this is an ongoing current of, of faith, of uplift, where you experience a sense of, um, of, of eagerness to and truthfulness and honesty. You're experiencing your values and also you're experiencing your dissonances, places where you feel saddened or lacking or left out or afflicted. You're dealing with the stuff, the real stuff of your life. Not this is this is what your life is. It's not an external experience of plodding along and going here and going this. It's an internal experience of karmic cause and effect experiences flowing up that need to be met, handled, transformed, transmuted and release. That's what life is about. <laughs> the rest of it is just existence. To live a whole life, to live a meaningful life, means you, you meet, you show up for <laughs> this experience, you know. You enlisted for this. You got born for this. It wasn't just to get a job. <laughs> you didn't get born to get a job or live in a city. <laughs> you got born to deal with this, to meet this. This experience of uh, joy and sorrow. This experience of, uh, of shakiness and resolution. Experience of contractedness and openness. This experience of a deep wish for for love and compassion and purity, and the, the sadness of not being able to realise it. You got 
you got born to meet this, you're here for this, show up for this. And you don't have to figure it out in your head because your head only deals with external circumstances. Your head will give you a very good idea of how to get the next airplane or taxi or menu going, that's great. But it won't tell you a thing about how to come to terms with grief or confusion. You just create more of it. So you, you've got to meditate, not from your head, from the external realities, but from the heart and the internal realities yeah, and bring them together. We have lived a life. We've showed up for it. We've met it uh, as best we could. We've learned from it. And we've grown grander and greater and more magnanimous and less obsessive and less selfish through that process. And this is for our welfare and for the welfare of others. Because if I'm less afflicted and tense, then my life, love, breath, energy is not going to be all twisted up. It's going to be starting to, to radiate, just like my breath moves out to other creatures. So my life moves out to other creatures. Uh, yeah. and that's kind of one way of talking about what, what life is. Mm. So when we come into this uh, framework of practice, just breathing. I don't feel very loving. I don't feel very kind at all. I just feel a bit confused. Breathing. I can't concentrate on my breathing. I can't find where it's just... Ask yourself, do you have a body? How do you know it? How do you feel it? That sensation there, sensation there, yeah. And what is it? What is it? It's that sort of... Oh yeah, it's, a, it's that breathing thing. It's that slow pulsation. It's that sense of flesh and hardness and softness. Good, stay with that. The whole of it. And what, within all that, is the single tidal current that constantly reiterates. That's what we call that breathing. Yeah. Receive it as a gift. Receive it as a gift. Let it move through you. Don't try to concentrate on it. Get ready. Get stable. Yeah. Establish your view. You're here to deepen. To change certain behaviours. From, from planning and changing and fixing and understanding into sympathy, empathy, receptivity. And begin modestly, pragmatically, with the most directly aspect of reality that you can find, which is this, this breathing body. We're not looking for performance, we're not looking for Goals, we're not saying go from one step to two step to three step to four step. Just no, just linger in that and let the process deepen and meet what arises. 
with mind, heart, that doesn't go into ill will. And with breathing that touches these areas, breathing through. And you find that that meeting place of these two <laughs> opens an awareness like something is present listening, spacious as these two the breath and the heart meet there is a openness open awareness that knows that So let's take some time for direct practice, letting some of these ideas give them the silence to let any of these thoughts, any of these words I've said, just a handful of them, whatever feels meaningful, settle it down, take that in, try to verify it in your own experience, check it out in your own experience. <laughs> 